Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we sh- shout our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron, and my notes are a little too far away for me to read them, so sorry about that. I'm Jeff, the new Mike, Rafon. Oh, Louisa we replaced Heron. Mike no, with no, Jeff. No, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Heron. Get him. Let me get get his read. ass. Yeah. yeah, okay. Louisa, can we get that one more time? I'm Louisa Heron. Nice. Okay, now can can you say it like you're surprised? Uh, wait. Why would I be surprised to say that? <laughs> no, don't ask for your motivation. Just help. Just give me another. Yeah, give me a different I'm read Lisa on Heron? it. There, there you go. go. Okay, okay. Good. It did our nice. Uh, definitely didn't take that joke from a uh, movie. Uh, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> The movie Ron Burgundy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeff, that's you know that they didn't invent giving people a second take on things, right? Yeah, yeah no, but I it's I just wanted to. Uh, so okay. we were talking before the show about the movie. I was going to ask Lisa to give us another take as a vampire, but anyway, go on, Jeff. Well, you do your thing. That's so. a good lead. Uh, so. Uh, the minions are created in three three point eight billion years ago and start looking for a boss immediately. Now, it, now, when you say are created, is there intelligent design in the minions universe? Are these is this evidence of God? I'm at uh, this is a bit of a throwback. I'm at despicableme.fandom.com reading the minions timeline. Is this going to tie into vampires? Because you implied yes. it would, and I'm okay. Okay, it good. does. I'm okay. Dying. So, for, it, the first event on the Minions timeline is 4.6 billion years ago, Earth forms. Then 3.8 billion years ago, the Minions come into existence. So the earliest so they, creatures didn't have Minions. No, no, wait, Earth? There's when no way there were creatures on, on Earth, Earth for the first couple hundred thousand years. Well, sure, but I mean, like, single-celled creatures. I'm not saying, like, dinosaurs didn't have Minions. We all know oh. dinosaurs had Minions. No, I uh, like... Minions are the oldest form of life on Earth, according to the Minions movie, oh, as far no. as I can tell, because as far as we know, uh, yeah. as early as 4.28 billion years ago, but, uh, usually 3.77 billion years ago is the, uh, like, that's the oldest form of life. So if they're 3.8 billion years old, I think the creators are trying to say the Minions are the original, uh, perfect life form. Uh, so they, does that mean they don't breathe oxygen? I guess not. Maybe their body's surface is just all porous, and they allow gases in and out. Maybe they're single-celled organisms. They can't be carbon-based life forms if they are if they existed before even algae. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're just like big proteins. <laughs> uh, from, from so here are their first bosses. Seventy million years ago, they serve a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So good job predicting okay. that they would serve a dinosaur. Thank then you, I knew it. Uh, a caveman uh, and a pharaoh between seventy million years ago and twenty five hundred BC. Uh, wow, that's a long yeah, that's, that's a, a long, long downtime. Down <laughs> yeah, uh, fourteen thirty one. Count Dracula is born. Uh, mm, then their first real master. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 1769, Napoleon Bonaparte is born. And then, during this time, they are serving Dracula, and while celebrating his 357th birthday, they open the curtains and kill him. 
So, so are so vampires real in the Minions universe, which I thought was supposed to be roughly historic? No, Dracula is certainly real. Okay. So they, so we are just mixing real, actual evil people from history with mythological creatures in this, then? Uh, Napoleon, I think, is far enough ago that, um, we can just pretend that he's a fictional character in t- the year 2021 now. We, can we, though? <laughs> Um, I don't know about this. Okay. For some reason, in 1926, they note that Queen Elizabeth II was born. All of the other births on this are supervillains that are served by the minions. Do the minions work for the queen? I mean, Queen Elizabeth II ruled over a lot of very heinous colonizing shit, so maybe. I agree, but that is a bold stance for a children's movie to take. It really should be Queen Victoria. Her her reign was the most globally unpleasant, probably, of all the the British monarchs. Maybe. Did she do a Troubles, though? That's why they went into hiding. That's what they did, right? They went into an ice cave in the 1840s or something? Uh, They disappear from uh, unknown... hmm, no, it doesn't. I guess they're they're just like hiding from uh, when Napoleon I, gets hit by a cannon in 1812 to whenever. <laughs> Wait, that's not how Napoleon died. What's that's happening? What it says on that's how he died in the Minions universe is <laughs> Napoleon is hit by the cannon because of Minions' carelessness. <laughs> I guess I'm just sick and tired of liberals talking about the decline in the Minions population when history shows us that it's perfectly natural for them to go through periods of time in an ice cave hiding from humanity. Yeah. It can't be global warming if it just happens normally. So, you've given us two examples, Dracula and uh, Napoleon, where the minions have directly killed their master, thereby changing the course of history. Yes, that's their main thing. agents for good? Maybe accidentally? Is that the premise of- is that the actual premise of minions? Because I might have to go kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think- The point of minions. uh, I think the joke is just that they are hilariously incompetent. Um, Man, aren't we all? I would love to see the deleted scenes from this montage that I think happens at the beginning of Minions, where like they um they're like trying to help Hitler clean his gun, and they accidentally shoot him in the head. And they're try- <laughs> you want to see this? You say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are they are setting up a horse for Catherine the Great to have sex with, and they accidentally <laughs> let go of the rope, and it crushes her to death. <laughs> Oh, that was the worst Jeff joke I've ever told. On tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're um uh who are some other supervillains? They're they're trying to they're trying to help Lee Harvey Oswald check out some uh textbooks from the repository and they accidentally <laughs> shoot JFK. <laughs> We need to get uh, they, they, they are all working on the docks in, uh, like, late 1800s London, and they see Jack the Ripper, and they're like, hey, we want to help you, and then he just runs away. Yeah, that's it. That's what they made Jack the Ripper stop by seeing him. Yes. <laughs> that's part of his lore. If you see him, he can't do anything. The goddamn minions. We haven't even started the show properly yet. We can't start talking about the minions. This is the show. We'll never yeah, stop. Nobody asked, the show. nobody asked what anybody did this week. Okay. We just started talking about minions. Well, what did you yeah, do no, this we- week, Louisa? 
Okay. I have been getting back into a Pokemon because okay. that uh, DLC came out a hell of a long time ago. Was <laughs> yeah, it like, this fall or was it last fall? I honestly uh, don't even remember. I think that the second volume came out either last summer or in like October 2020. Okay. So yeah, I think I, the first DLC was last summer and the second one was last fall. Okay. That's right. I got them, but I did not play them at all. And I'm just now playing them and I'm so delighted again by Pokemon. So I really enjoyed can myself. I, hmm? Can I chime in real quick before we get into it? Of um I I had a moment when you started talking about this in the Discord, Louisa, of like, ah, oh, that's how they get you. Of I was so into Pokemon when <laughs> it came when the new one came out on the Switch, and I loved it and played it obsessively for months. And as soon as the like DLC bundle was available, I was like, oh fuck yeah, definitely I'm gonna buy this. Uh, so then that meant that the DLC automatically downloaded on my Switch, and then I kind of got bored with Pokemon. <laughs> And then when the DLC did come out, I wanted to play it, and I tried for, like, 30 minutes, and then I was like, this is too boring, I'm done. And then, so then, when you started talking about Louisa, I was like, mm, that's how they get you. They got me to pay for this DLC, but I never played it. Mm -hmm. But, like, (laughs) that's not any easier for them than if I played it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They still had to make it. (laughs) Oh, that stand-up comedian, I forget who, but he had that bit on Dr. Katz about how going to his oh. uh, steakhouse with his father and his father saying, don't fill up on bread, that's how they get you. <laughs> and I him think saying, that was Ray Romano. I don't think it was. I think it was the guy who wore uh, thermal underwear under his shorts, oh, okay. as was Kurt, the style at the time. Was Kurt the Cobain? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he said, uh, uh, why would they want you to do that, Dad? They're going to sell half a steak to you and then sell that again to somebody else because they filled you up on bread. It's that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I, because I took time off and I was so far away from Pokemon for such a long time, it's all fresh and new and exciting again. And um, there's an island where you see some of the older Pokemon that they did not initially include in Sword and Shield. Uh, on this Elderly island. Pokemon <laughs> walking around and with their walkers and wheelchairs. I was thinking yes, the exactly. exact same thing. <laughs> yep. So that easy I needed to, to get my joke in. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, so that's super exciting, and I'm walking around and seeing them and collecting them. Um, I realized I was going to be happier ignoring... <sighs> I would get caught up in a new Pokemon mm-hmm. game, being like, I want to play this right. So, like, if I see a Chansey out in the field, but there's also a Happiny, which is the younger version, I should get that Happiny and then raise that one up to be a Chansey and do it that way. Do it right, so mm-hmm. it has good moves. But now I realize yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm just filling up my Pokedex. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done that too with, like, you know, uh, Caterpie, or, like, Pokemon mm-hmm. that I absolutely will not have in my thing, in my team anyway. <laughs> as yes. soon as they've evolved, they're going into the garbage pail that is the PC. Uh, so, yes, I agree with you. I also reached that realization of, like, I just want to fill up the Pokedex. I don't care if this <laughs> Butterfree has fucking string shot or whatever. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, that's really exciting, and, um, because I've already won the game, uh, the Pokemon I use most are a very high level. So I'll put a couple in my party, maybe, that are, like, level 2, and then after one fight, they go up to level, like, 20, and they've evolved twice, and that's super exciting, so. There is something weirdly satisfying about a fight ending, and then there being a full three minutes of you having to click through, like, this person leveled up, this person leveled up, this person leveled up. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, so, so yeah, it's just what I want, walking around, 
seeing a Pokemon I haven't seen before and being like, yeah, I'm gonna get that guy. It's great. Yeah. You uh, made me think by the way you worded it and uh, the joke that Matt and I both wanted to make about old Pokemon. How many Pokemon <laughs> are old person themed? I can think of at least three, and that does seems Mr. weird. Count? <laughs> no, but his evolution, Mr. Rhyme, absolutely does. That's He's true. got a he cane and a big mustache. Isn't he just Charlie Chaplin? Yes, he is. <laughs> the oldest man we know. <laughs> <laughs> he and the minions were hanging out 3.8 billion years ago. Yeah, they saw the mustache and got confused. <laughs> yeah. They that's were why waiting they, for Hitler. Is that's that why they wanted to help like? Hitler so bad. <laughs> They had it genetically imprinted on them that they were going to be working with Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, our old friend Charlie Chaplin is back, and he's leading the army. (laughs) (laughs) And he's meaner than ever. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I... (laughs) Uh, there's also Drampa, who's that dragon that is an old man. Oh, yeah. Yes! Um... Conkelder. There's, uh... Oh, what's that one called? It's the, uh, orangutan that's like a... Uh, oh, Oranguru. Simi-sage? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, similar, but there's many weirdly psychic monkeys in Pokemon for some reason. Yes, that's true. I, like, there are so many... One of the things that's so charming about Pokemon is how it highlights the difference in cultural interests between, like, Japan and the United States. Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, why are there so many magic monkeys in this game? <laughs> yeah. So many fucking magical monkeys. Yeah. I like when they were like, alright, we have to do some American Pokemon. Uh, how about uh, ice cream, a trash bag? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about this lizard that has hip-hop pants? <laughs> like, oh, that's what America's like, right? <laughs> I mean, they do have our number there. I was talking about this with a friend the other day, but I kind of wish that they'd kept a theme for the starters, because in Red and Blue, they're all kind of little dinosaurs, right? Yeah. And they well, once a turtle. I okay, guess. but you, you see, you kind of see what I'm saying. They're all they reptilian. Keep that theme. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't keep that theme at all. From then on, yeah. every single one had to be a totally different kind of creature. They it did a cool different if- theme. What? Okay. No, go, go ahead, Matt. Well, it would be cool if, and then I'll go into my grand unifying I theory. Mean, <laughs> I know that. I know the theory that the starters in the the Switch game, what is it, Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. um, are like British cultural icons. Right. Um, Which and, is kind and of it, iffy, but sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a real stretch to have like Keith Moon and James Bond on, yes. on the same scale here. It's like having Dracula and Napoleon Bonaparte on the same scale. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, that at least is something. Is there any connective tissue between like that weird uh, f- on fire chicken kickboxer uh, and uh, and an alligator with chocolate on his head? <laughs> uh, so they uh, starting with the sixth generation. That's uh, Chespin, uh, Fennekin, and uh, Froakie. Um, they are sort of like classical fantasy. Uh, tropes. They become a ninja, a wizard, and a a paladin. A ninja is not a classical fantasy trope. What are you saying? Yeah, Uh, you could say a rogue, maybe. Right, but you know, it's sort of like Final Fantasy classical fantasy trope. Like, by way of anime, the way that... uh, You realize that you're doing so much work here to make this make any kind of sense, right? No, I think it fits. I think that they're like Like, a JRPG party. 
in Gen 2, all three of them were animals that evolved into magical creatures, That's so there is connection there. arguable that Chikorita is an animal. It's more like a little <laughs> oval with a leaf on its head. Um, oh, the... The the ones after that, uh, Rowlet, Litten, and Poplio, absolutely evolve into evolve into circus performers. Yeah, and I, I like I agree. People have those. Yeah, theories. Robin Hood, the famous circus performer, Robin Hood. <laughs> There's like the uh, trick shot famous, archer, famous circus performer, Robin of the DC universe. Thank you. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, That's I, so many leaps to get there from here. Well, like I agree, like oh, you know, maybe they're uh, British uh, archetypes. Maybe they these ones are circus performers. Sure, but that's like almost nothing. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. that could equally be a coincidence. I think that's as much nothing as the three of them are very, very different type uh, kinds of lizard style being. But yeah, like I. But what if they were all lizards one time and then another time, like they were all types of rodents or something? I think that would be cool. Or birds. Yeah! No, See? I want them to be as different as possible. I like the idea of them being physically different and then there being some connective tissue, but I think that they, it needs to be stronger. I think they all need to be, like, breakfast foods. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> can you give me what your starters would be if they were breakfast yeah, foods? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. Uh, sausagerina. <laughs> That's the fire type. Fire type is sausagerina. Sausagerina is a ballerina sausage. <laughs> all right, obviously. Okay, you had that all so this- fast. It becomes a I fire know. fairy type when it evolves. Perfect. Oh yep, exactly. Fire fairy. That's an underserved type. We are we are cooking with gas. Yep. Uh, the water type is going to be uh, orange juicicle. <laughs> okay, he's a, he's a water ice type. Okay. Uh, uh, and he's orange, unlike every other water type, which is blue. Yeah, exactly, because he's made of orange juice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the pl- the plant type, is that what they're called? Grass, grass type. Yeah. Yeah. The grass type is... Uh... Oatmealodon. <laughs> Ooh, that's very good. I was... But here's the thing, And though. he's a shark. I... He's a megalodon. <laughs> Ooh, yes! He's made as a okay. shark made of oatmeal. <laughs> Yes, this is so good. And he's a he's a A land shark. Wait, if he's a shark then he's gotta be water. No, type, he's though. a land shark. It's fine. <laughs> this is so bad. We no, went it's off the, the rails so fast. It's so good. Oh lord. Um yeah, that sounds great. All of that sounds super great. Yeah, we did a good job inventing Pokemon. We're definitely just as good as that uh like multi-billion dollar corporation that carefully plans all of these stupid things. <laughs> so, I mean, they do carefully plan it, but they still manage to fuck it up every single time. <laughs> I, but I we th- always enjoy it. Yeah, I think they're more focused on each of the, like, families being individually enjoyable uh, rather than tying them together, but uh, it would be cool to see them try both. I just think it's wild that every single Pokemon game has at least one new Pokemon in it that you will get sick of and hate seeing. Oh, yeah. Like, why did there need to be so many of those fucking badgers in this new one? Well, I think because then it makes it much more exciting when you see a rare thing. Yeah, I think there needs to be a bad guy Pokemon, like Zubat. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh, but, like... I just mean the wild Pokemon. I guess the badgers weren't new to the the most recent. What was the overwhelming um, common Pokemon in the in the most recent game? 
who's like a chipmunk or something. Oh, yeah. Patrat? Oh, Squavit. The coveting squirrel. Oh, Scuvet. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Scuvet's very cute. Uh, that's that's a, a lot more like Ratata than, uh, than yeah, like, Bidoof. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you wanted to make it so that the, the rare Pokemon felt special, you should have 30 different types of common Pokemon, and they should all be common enough that you see them all a lot, but you don't ever see one of them so much that you hate it. See, I kind of feel like they've done that now. Now that there are so many Pokemon and they put them all in this goddamn game, I feel like that's kind of true. There yeah. are the ones I see all the time, but there's a lot of ones I see all the time, so I actually don't get sick of any of them. I think part of the problem is when I was trying to catch them all, which is, of course, the thing that I had to do according to the, the instructions of the game. Yes. Uh, there are some that you can only get by shaking a tree to get the Pokemon to fall out. True. And that meant shaking trees all over the place every day for hours a day and 99% of the time when you shake a tree, it's always a squirrel. Yeah. And then you might get a rare one. So, it's either squirrel or rare. <laughs> those are the only two options and it fucking sucks and I hate those squirrels. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's fair. I liked um, when it felt more intentional, like when you're in the caves in the very first games and those caves are so impossibly difficult that every time you encounter a Zubat, you're like, this Zubat is my fated enemy and I'm going to destroy it or it's going to destroy me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> but it's so easy to kill Zubats after a while and then you just have to fight them a hundred times anyway. But if you're down to like your last three HP on your last Pokemon and you are like just about to leave the cave and you encounter a Zubat, you're like, oh my god, this is the hardest battle I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> I mean, now you're just saying that, like, resource management is a good mechanic in games, which is fine. I, but it doesn't have to be a Zubat, it could be anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of like developing that, um, that animosity. It, it's, it was like, <laughs> before, uh, before, actually, not even before, like, no, no other game besides, like, Shadow of Mordor has done their nemesis system, but before that was invented, we had to do it ourselves in our child minds. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I watched a brand new movie that no one, uh, no one had ever heard about before. Um, mm -hmm. it was gonna be, it was like this new thing taking the world by storm and everyone's real excited about it now and only now and we're not excited about it before. It is Zack Snyder's Justice Weird. League. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course I'm being sarcastic because this is something that Reddit chuds have been yelling at Warner Brothers for some reason to release for the past, uh, four years. <laughs> I will say though, like, your joke is a good, is a fine joke, however, uh, I would point out that I was surprised at how much of it wasn't stuff that I'd seen before. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was surprised- two hours, right? Or how long is the first cut? Like, at least two hours. I don't even know. Um, I was surprised not just how much of it was stuff I hadn't seen before, but how much of it was stuff I hadn't seen before that almost definitely wasn't reshot after they greenlit the new cut. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a bunch of stuff where I'm where it's like, okay, yeah, that CG scene with like Darkseid and uh, Hercules and Zeus and all that, that's probably just something that they did in post. Um, but like, there's a bunch of new stuff with the actual actors who definitely did not come back for reshoots last year. Um, that was you know just left on the cutting room floor and probably should have been. Um. But boy, this movie's just so 
I, I've become fascinated lately with the idea of someone who reaches the pinnacle of their career as a creative person and um, becomes allowed to do whatever they want uh, and then goes fully insane from that power. <laughs> yes, like your obsession with George Lucas and his works. Exactly. Uh, except the, the, the great tragedy there of Dark Plagueis the Wise is that the Star Wars prequels are just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like, uh, Tom Hooper's magnum opus, Cats 2019, is fully unhinged madness where everyone is trying their goddamnedest to make the best movie ever. Uh, and Zack Snyder's Justice League is just like, the actors are all doing at least the bare minimum. Like, they're all pretty good actors, so no one really sucks in it. Like, Ben Affleck is not fantastic, but... No, he is very bad, actually. <laughs> uh, I think that's more due to him being Ben Affleck than due to him not wanting to be in this movie. Um... But, like, Zack Snyder's bad impulses are fully on display in this movie. Uh, the, the thing that highlights it most for me is there is a scene, I think about 45 minutes into the movie, uh, where we are reintroduced to Lois Lane as she is buying coffee in slow motion, uh, <laughs> while sad music plays over her, like, going to Starbucks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, it is not a joke to say that the first maybe 10 to 15 minutes of this movie are mostly slow motion. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the very beginning of it is... Well, actually, there's a thing in, like, the very, very beginning, even before we see Superman's shot heard around the world, right? I forget what it was. I don't we know. can't go beat by beat through this movie. But regardless, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that is clearly in there because Zack Snyder has the um, aesthetic sensibility of a 14-year-old boy. Um, so <laughs> he'll be like, yeah, we got to put this in the movie because it would look cool and not because it would like serve the narrative or reveal something about the themes. or No, just because it would whip ass if I were 14 and saw that in a movie. <laughs> And, like, it does work sometimes. Some of the points in the movie that I was watching, I was like, this rules, actually. This part rules. Yeah, there were parts where I was like, yes, I'm glad that this got put back into the movie. Like, pretty much all the stuff with Cyborg, that actor does a pretty good job. And they cut him out of the theatrical cut almost entirely. Now, now you're right, but I will say I almost all is generous because there is a very long sequence where his dad is explaining his powers to him for some reason through a micro cassette recorder, <laughs> which is not a thing anymore. It is very and, strange, yeah. And while that's happening, he is like walking through a lawnmower man style like <laughs> that level of quality of CGI like cyber world. He's a <laughs> where, Tron then. Yeah, and like there's a part where he's like, where his dad's like your powers include the ability to manipulate the stock market, which is a fucking crazy <laughs> thing to say in a superhero movie. And then to illustrate that, he's walking up, he walks up to a cyber bank that's made out of, like, mesh, like, wireframe or whatever. <laughs> and then two, like, C- a CGI bear and bull appear and start <laughs> fighting each other. Yeah, it's... <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> What is this representing? I think most of the YouTube video where someone's trying to explain the stock market to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's from the like Taiwanese news where they use those CGI puppets to explain American uh, news events. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh it's. I, I think most of these $70 million of extra money that they dumped into this trash fire was to finish the CGI on these weird cyborg scenes. Uh, his dad is played by Joe Morton uh, as a nice wink to the audience because Joe Morton also was the uh, creator of the Terminator in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah. I know who Joe Morton is, though. I've seen him before. Uh, Cyborg is um, surprisingly faithful to his, like, early 80s, like, premiere Teen Titans appearance, where he just goes around being like, I'm so pissed off that my dad made me into a robot. What am I, some kind of monster? And, like, that's most of what he does in this movie, and it's pretty enjoyable. It is really strange that his dad was like, alright, I'm an alien technology expert, and my son had half of his body exploded off of him in a car accident. I'm gonna give him an Iron Man suit that can do Mr. Robot hacking. <laughs> Why? Well, he didn't He didn't mean to do that. The mother box rewrote his body or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what happened in Superman 3, where yeah. that woman got taken in by the computer. <sighs> here's, the, here's the thing that I think is crazy, is that, yes, his whole thing is like, I'm some kind of monster, and I can't be around people because I'm a monster. But they never do anything where he's like, you know, trying to eat something and he can't taste it, or like, he wants to, I don't know... Smell a rose and then it yes. turns into ones and zeros in his mind or whatever. <laughs> like, all of his I'm a monster stuff is him showing up to save people by shooting lasers out of his face. And then the people that he saves are like, ah, I'm afraid of you. And it's like, if you weren't a robot man and you still shot lasers out of your face, I think they'd still be afraid of you. Uh, no, if you are a big, tall, square-jawed white guy, no matter how many 9-11s you do in this world, people are so sad when you die that society grinds to a halt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's all right. Uh, I think some of the best parts of the movie were stuff that was already in it, like that scene where Superman, uh, right after he comes back to life, spoilers, uh, fights the Justice League. That scene is pretty much beat for beat in the theatrical cut, uh, except they I changed- think it's much better- sorry. Go ahead. I think it's much better in this version because the thing that I that I think I genuinely think that the Snyder cut is a better movie than the original theatrical cut uh even though it's way 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 too long and there's so much stupid stuff in it because I'm very sick of superhero movies directed by Joss Whedon that are always like <laughs> isn't it weird that we're superheroes guys let's all joke about it like yeah fine fucking yes we get it we are watching a superhero movie you don't need to make everyone be Buffy the Vampire Slayer all the time. Yeah. Um, and that Superman fight is like so much of it in the theatrical cut is like the Flash looking at Aquaman and being like, can you believe we're doing this? <laughs> Fuck that right off. Fuck that clean to hell. <laughs> um, but in this version, it seems like they're all genuinely trying very hard to fight Superman and like... <laughs> It's funny. It's funny because they are taking it seriously. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it is much funnier. Um, yes, exactly. There is one thing that I missed from the theatrical cut. I think the only thing about the theatrical cut that stuck with me was after he's defeated the rest of the Justice League, Superman picks Batman up by the neck and flies into the sky and uh, spits his... Uh, lying back t- back at Batman from Batman v Superman he like derisively
Ripley sarcastically says, do you bleed? To, like, remind him, like, hey, I'm like this because you tried to kill me, dickhead. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Superman, but then Batman's like, but my mom's name is Martha. And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, we're going to redo this. (laughs) And then they do the flying, like, uh, Lois Lane and Superman do in the Mm -hmm. Superman movie from 1978. Yep. Yep. Uh, He cradles him in his arms. (laughs) But that scene also has a part where immediately after that, Lois Lane runs up to Superman, who is headbutting Batman into oblivion, uh, where there's, like, 40 cops standing around as well, and she's like, Clark! Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what are you- what?! There's people here! You are smarter than this! Bat- you can't just yell his secret identity in front of people! Batman is also continually calling him Clark in front of c- civilians. It's like, <laughs> yes, what, what are you so doing? So many times. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Uh, I overall enjoyed spending basically an entire day watching this very bad movie um so uh, the reason that i wanted you to watch it so badly jeff and so that we could talk about it on this show is because the thing that no one i've seen talking about this movie have said and i guess if you're planning on watching this movie this is a a minor spoiler but we won't get too much into the plot of it but the last 15 not even 15 10 minutes of this movie are a different movie yeah like another movie happens at the end of this movie i think this i think this is where most of the reshoot like the actual reshooting was um Mm -hmm. they do a a flash to the alternate universe from batman v superman and from some parts of this movie where batman has goggles and a trench coat and everything is uh tinted with yellow because it's the post-apocalypse because dark side wins and superman's a dickhead and i don't is that what it was supposed to be because i did not get that at all from the movie i think i thought that that was supposed to be a flash forward to the future of that universe uh yeah it it is supposed to be the future of that universe but as it stands now it is just something batman has nightmares about for some reason um and they it's supposed to be like the tease for what's gonna happen in the next one but they're not gonna make a next one i mean that is certainly true but it's wild that okay first of all the fact that batman says he's gonna fuck joker in the ass or whatever is very funny. <laughs> he says he's gonna kill him <laughs> he says he's gonna fucking kill him, yeah which is so much funnier <laughs> god it's really really funny there's like three f-bombs in this movie and batman gets one of them <laughs> Yes. The other thing is, like, the whole scene is all of the heroes and villains, like, surviving in this weird post-apocalyptic desert, and they're all banding together, uh, and, like, they are, I guess they are defending themselves because, spoiler alert, Superman has gone insane and killed everyone on Earth. What? Not Superman! (laughs) Yeah, fine. It's (laughs) clearly, it's like the Red Sun thing. What is it? Is that- what it's called when Darkseid takes over Superman's brain uh, in the comics. I don't, I, I don't know if that has a name. Red Sun is the one where he's the he lands in oh, communist Soviet Ukraine in instead. Yeah. Okay. There, there's there is an arc where uh, Darkseid tortures Superman into insanity, and Superman becomes like yeah. a, a, an ally of Darkseid. Anyway, that seems to be what's going on here, and it's you know wonder woman and the flash and batman and like uh what, what joe manti mantianello the manginello the manginello steppenwolf is that how he plays uh he's deathstroke no, the know. terminator oh. yeah 
So anyway, a bunch of heroes and villains working together, and we're all supposed to be like, aha, like, this threat has caused people to set aside their differences to survive together. And one of them is the Joker, and he's sitting there, like, laughing and being like, fuck all you guys, I hate you all. And then Batman's like, I'm gonna kill you, and the Joker's like, you need me. Why? Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck is the Joker doing to help you against Superman? (laughs) That's very good. Even psychologically, if it was a different Joker, I could see it maybe, but you're talking about the Jared Leto Jared Joker. Lito, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, even the other villains there are like, we should fucking kill him. <laughs> He's not gonna help you ever! Of course not! Like, what secrets does he have in his brain that you need to unlock by, like, punching him in the face in slow motion? Like, what? What are you not gonna... It's not going to help no matter what it is. It's just so, so strange. Um, Even stranger, this is, like, clearly not the same Joker as the one he played in Suicide Squad, because he doesn't have any tattoos or the grills, the, like, silver teeth. Uh, Is is the scene you guys are talking about in this alternate universe? I lost the plot a little bit. Yes. Yes. It's in the future, maybe, or maybe just Batman's Nightmare. It's, it's hard to tell. It's the, okay. it's the Sonic CD bad future, because he didn't destroy all of the Robotnik machines in the past. Okay. Did no one else play Sonic CD? No. We did, but we don't want to talk about it. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Matt, what did you do this week? Uh, okay, so, speaking of overblown bad movies... Yeah! I watched... Uh, the new, the newest addition to HBO Max, which is Godzilla vs. Kong. Nice. And you uh, loved I had, it. I, I had been previously referring to it as Godzilla vs. King Kong, but that was erroneous because Kong doesn't become a king until halfway through the movie. <laughs> and you think I'm joking, but that literally does happen in the movie. He evolves, he evolves into a King Kong? Yeah, they no, use a moonstone the- on him. Yeah. <laughs> he finds the kingdom of the monkeys in the center of the earth, and there's a throne, and he sits on it, and then they're like, he's a king here. <laughs> That's real. That really happens. Yeah, it rules. Oh, boy. Oh, it's so stupid. Um, there's so much about this movie that is absolutely wild, and I want to talk about a lot of it, but I know we don't have a lot of time. The soundtrack is crazy, <laughs> because every time King Kong is on screen, it plays, like, 60s folk like romance songs like the hollies and stuff like that and i'm like are you trying to make me the audience fall in love with king kong (laughs) that's very bizarre it's really weird (laughs) i haven't heard anybody else talk about that (laughs) yeah i don't know what the deal is but it's absolutely shocking that that is the choice they made um and i do think that maybe they are trying to make you fall in love with king kong because king kong is literally the only sympathetic character in this movie (laughs) this is a movie that has alexander skarsgård in it and you do not care about him at all but you do care about this big dumb fucking monkey (laughs) could this be a sequel to the movie battleship (laughs) i'm thinking because skarsgård is also in that <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I have seen Kong on a battleship looking into the water, and then Godzilla shows up. Yep. There is a very big battleship fight sequence, so maybe. Yep. Hmm. They both stand on an aircraft carrier, which holds their weight admirably, and punch each other <laughs> in the face over and over. It rules. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a scene where they're both standing on an aircraft carrier punching each other, and then later on, they are both taller than the tallest building in Japan. <laughs> so, uh, what? <laughs> 
you can't you can't do that. No, you can, There's, and it's good. <laughs> every every scene in this movie completely throws out the rules of science and physics that they established in the previous scene. Yeah, first it's off, so wild how quickly the rules change of what's going on in this movie. Why aren't King Kong's leg bones shattering every time he takes a step? He's too big. Yeah, I mean, boy. listen, I'm willing to suspend disbelief if you're like, okay, King Kong is made of magic energy from the center of the earth, and that allows him to be super big so that he can fight things. That's crazy, <laughs> but fine. That's, if that's your premise, I will buy into it. I've chosen to watch this movie. I know it's my choice. Then, to be like, actually, the magic energy from the center of the earth only is allowed to be in one thing at a time, and it's also in Godzilla, and that's why they hate each other. <laughs> that's a little crazy, but fine. Mm. Then you find out that actually the magic energy in the middle of the earth made lots of monkeys, and they all fought Godzilla. <laughs> or mm. other Godzillas, maybe? That's not made clear. A thousand Godzilla-sized monkeys, or ten thousand monkey-sized <laughs> Godzillas. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically what it's what's going on. Uh, also, Godzilla is ver at various times much much bigger than King Kong, and also the same size as King Kong. Great, uh, and he has a little oh. a little child friend, a girl, I think, a boy. Who knows? A child. Uh, King Co King Kong has a little girl friend okay. who <laughs> is not a little girlfriend, yeah. a little <laughs> friend who's a girl. Um, who is oh, King Kong and his little girlfriend? Look at you! Stop <laughs> it, moms. <laughs> Queen Kong's friend definitely like lends to us the audience caring about what happens to him to the point where every time you see Godzilla bite him, it's genuinely upsetting. You're like, Godzilla, no. fucking stop it! He's just so sad all the time. Uh, <laughs> King Kong does not want to be in this fight. Yeah, and Godzilla. <laughs> looks so mean the whole time. He's the hero yeah. of the previous movie, and in this one, he's very clearly, like, uh, at best an anti-hero, and at uh, middleest the villain for most of the movie. He's horrible. And at the beginning, they're like, Godzilla used to be nice, why is he mean now? And, like, you expect the other... <laughs> You know the scene in The Matrix when there's a whole, like, uh, white space full of guns that they need to choose from to, to prepare for an attack on whatever? Mm -hmm. Imagine that, but all of the guns are Chekhov's guns, and that is the, <laughs> the whole beginning of the Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh. Because there's, like... There's, like, people being like, oh, well, this weird reactor uses energy that Godzilla likes. I bet that won't be uh, won't be a plot factor later in the movie. And then, like, oh, well, my dead wife gave me this brandy flask, and if I drink out of it, that means I'm about to die. <laughs> and, like, like, every character has their own Chekhov's gun plot device. <laughs> and oh, it's man. just like, I can't keep track of who's doing what anymore. That's almost like writing characters with personalities, though, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's close. It's <laughs> tangential to that for sure. The thing that I really wanted to talk about is the fact that it is wildly irresponsible that the B-plot of this movie, and I'm not joking here and you're going to think I am, the B-plot of this movie is that QAnon is right. <laughs> Uh, about what? QAnon is not the fluoride in the water people, Matt. They absolutely are, Jeff! QAnon is the people who think that Hillary Clinton cracks open the bones of scared children to drink their fear juice. There is a guy in this movie who is the hero of the B-plot, 
who has a podcast where he continually spouts anti-science conspiracy theories. Mostly about King Kong and Godzilla, but yeah, also some other, like, regular, like, fluoride is mind control stuff. Yeah, fluoride is mind control, which turns out to be true. Oh, God! Does it? There's also- there's also him talking about how apples are GMOs that are used to give you cancer. I think that one he was lying to annoy that guy, because then he does eat that apple. That's true and, and fine. He says, how do you like but men apples? Like he he if he weren't a man of color, then he would just be Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, he's very mad about the frogs turning gay. I mean like <laughs> you but am I wrong? Uh, I think that he avoids any, uh, and this is perhaps a little cowardly of the movie, uh, avoids any overtly politically motivated conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and sticks to the ones that we think of as sort of like neutral tinfoil hat kooks. Mm-hmm. Yes, but my point is, <clears throat> if you make your movie about how, like, people who believe unprovable and insane science conspiracy theories are actually correct, you are tacitly endorsing people like Alex Jones, who just make up science facts to make their listeners angry. Like, that is exactly what this character is doing. He's not doing it for political reasons, but he's doing the exact same thing that Alex Jones does. Yeah, I do find it very strange that they would have this guy be like, they're they're building some kind of uh, weapon here in this place, and then he turns out to be right. And then also, like, that sort of implies that uh, all of the other conspiracy theories he believes are, like, plausible then? Like, Millie Bobby Brown is like, yeah, I don't drink tap water anymore, it's got fluoride that mind controls you in it, and he's like, yeah, good, don't do that. Like, like, what? There are are genuinely scenes where the two of them are talking, and they're like, yeah, well, we don't drink tap water because it it is used for mind control by the government, and then the other guy that's there is like, what are you guys talking about? And then they both look at each other and smirk, like, can you believe this guy? And we, the audience, are supposed to be on their side? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is extremely unpleasant in both of these movies that she's appeared in, but I do like that she had a little bit of character development between Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, even if that was for her character to get much worse. <laughs> I mean, ugh, everything about that plot was irresponsibly bad. Watching it, I was just like, I cannot believe- read the room for fuck's sake! It is insane that you would be like, no, it's justified that this guy blew up this building because he did it because he believed that the government was controlling people's minds from this building. What? You can't do that! (laughs) Um, I, um, yeah, I really liked this movie a lot. (laughs) Why? Why exactly? Uh, because I liked the part when Godzilla and King Kong got in a fist fight multiple times. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. I also wanted to talk about the fact that the uh, little girl that King Kong had saved and is now his only friend in the universe uh, is wearing quote-unquote native garb. Oh, no. Which is, like, a couple of red bandanas tied around her arms and then, like, a headband. And she's wearing it the entire movie, even after she's been taken off of the island and is being taken care of by scientists. And they go to the Arctic and she's wearing, like, a ski suit, but still has the native garb on, and it's like, okay, A, this is probably racist, against a race that doesn't exist because Skull Island isn't real, but still (laughs) racist in some way. Yeah, they also, like, as part of the backstory of 
the movie wiped out all the other native inhabitants of Skull Island? (laughs) And B, are you afraid that we, the audience, will forget who this person is if they aren't wearing the headband and costume that we were introduced to them in? Like, she's- Because why? Otherwise, why wear this all the time? She's the only, like, little girl who communicates via sign language in the movie. We're gonna remember who she is. Yeah, yeah, yes, she's the only character that has any kind of conflict or personality at all. We'll know her. She's literally the only character besides King Kong that I cared about at all. Exactly. We will know her because she's the little human figure walking towards the giant monkey. Yeah. God, can you fucking imagine living on Skull Island? Because God, God, it would suck. King Kongs, but there's also dinosaurs and gigantic bugs, right? Like that's canonical. John C. Riley is yeah. there. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Ugh, gross. I no, Jack Black's not there. About- I guess that's a different Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> In the Skull I- Island multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, right. I also want to talk about how I wish that King Kong did better in his fights against Godzilla in this movie because he kind of wins one fight, but overall he gets beaten pretty bad by Godzilla multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I think he should have an advantage because Godzilla has, or King Kong has a lot of experience fighting giant dinosaurs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas, as far as I know, Godzilla has never fought a giant monkey before. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, just certainly not. Not this experience is on Kong's side. Certainly not, not this Godzilla. Um, yeah, like, this King Kong, we see him fight, like, Quetzalcoatl at one point. <laughs> that's real, that's not a joke. He also fights a giant pterodactyl in a flashback. Like, he fights dinosaurs, that's his whole deal. If he, He's the Van Helsing of fighting Godzilla. Exactly. <laughs> Did uh, Godzilla fight Mothra in the first movie, or I remember something Mothra's different. not a giant monkey. I know, but Godzilla had uh, <laughs> experience uh, fighting giant monsters. Godzilla is friends with Mothra in the oh. second movie. Okay. Or I guess it's I the guess third. It's okay. I guess that took place after Skull Island. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but Kong Skull Island, I think, is still the best of these movies. Um... Is I'm just saying that the strategy to fight a T-Rex is probably pretty similar to the strategy to fight Godzilla, whereas fighting Mothra is a completely different kind of fight than fighting King Kong. That's all I, I wanted so. to say. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> um, you sort of steal those grubs, right? Then he gets too upset. Or she, I guess. <laughs> Matt, have you seen any of the previous of this franchise's movies first? <laughs> no, uh, I, I have not. Okay. that uh, I, I have no interest in seeing them. After seeing this, <laughs> this irresponsibly bad movie... <laughs> this is... It's sort of like if you just went and watched Avengers Endgame, but had never heard of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's... Listen, I I got it. It's not like any of the parts of this movie were like incomprehensible to me because they spelled them out very clearly yeah. to stupid people in the audience. That's fair. Uh I the only one of the I haven't seen Godzilla 2014, but I hear that one's boring. King of the Monsters not worth it. Uh Skull Island very worth it. That movie I think is They're- good. <laughs> There is a scene where Black Alex Jones and Millie Bobby Brown are in a giant weird science pod, and Millie Bobby Brown says, Oh my god, all these bubbles are full of skull crawlers. And then the scene ends, and we see them going in the science pod, and then they get to a place where Mechagodzilla is. Spoilers, Mechagodzilla's in this movie. Oh no. And they never go back to what skull crawlers are, 
or why that's important, or why Millie Bobby Brown knows what they are. And those pods also never open, so we don't see them come out of those pods. That was an unrelated observation. Yeah, uh, the skull crawlers are the main monsters from Kong Skull Island, and I think that the one that they release into that arena for Mechagodzilla to fight is a skull crawler. Cool. I'm really glad that you put that in your movie. That, <laughs> that callback that you never explained or even said was a callback. It's a little. That's a little treat for the fans. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff was like, "Yeah, right, skull crawlers. I love it. <laughs> I love skull crawlers. I remember when John C. Riley, uh, very uh, with a lot of gravitas, said the phrase skull crawlers in that other movie, and then they had to make a joke about it because that's a stupid name for a monster. Anyway, we should get into this wiki how, but I, I genuinely think that there should be more public outcry about the fact that this movie is tacitly endorsing crazy conspiracy theorists online, which is possibly the greatest threat to civilization currently in the world. Uh, whereas I'm on the other end where I want more movies to be much stupider and with uh, <laughs> higher budgets to be stupid with. <laughs> Look, bad stupid movies is fine, with high budgets is fine, but you shouldn't say I mean, this is like the Minions helping Hitler. <laughs> like, <laughs> You shouldn't have your movie be like yeah, let's all, but seriously though we should all go on 4chan and talk about how conspiracy theories are real. Like, that can't be the message of your movie! <laughs> no, I want, the, I want the next one. Godzilla and Kong go fight Pacific Rim, and then also they, uh, they prove that the Earth is flat. <laughs> they prove that the 2020 election was stolen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is the level we're talking about. It's not okay. Okay. So, I put in a... <laughs> Switching gears as hard as you yeah. possibly can. <laughs> if you hear a grinding noise, that's because I didn't push the clutch in all the way. Uh, okay, so what we do on this show is we put a random word into WikiHow, and then we give our advice for the uh, the questions people have asked about that word. And today's word is rich. Yay! And once again, right. we got a lot of partial uh, matches. Yes. Well, I just want to yes. say, we're recording this on Easter, and the first one is how to carve ostrich eggs, and it felt very mm. appropriate to see it. Is it? I we have them. bunny eggs on Easter. They're not ostrich eggs. Oh my god. This guy. This fucking they're, guy. <laughs> they're the same family. Yeah. Ostriches and bunnies. Yeah, they're both the in the animal kingdom. <laughs> yeah. They evolve from one another. They're both starter <laughs> They both evolve from minions. <laughs> the original yeah. creatures of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the common ancestor of all life on Earth is minions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how in the Pokemon oh. universe, humans must also necessarily be Pokemon because God in that universe is a Pokemon. Yeah, that's true. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so does that mean pe humans reproduce by eggs in that universe? Uh, no one actually knows how. It's just when you're not looking, an egg shows up. Yeah. It's canonically how it works in the Pokemon world. For humans? Uh, for Pokemon, and we've established that humans are Pokemon, so. Cool. So Ash Ketchum hatched from an egg. <laughs> yep. This is provable. That's great. <laughs> um, I know that ostrich shells are very, like, ostrich egg shells are very thick. Are there carved ostrich eggs? Because that sounds cool. There are, but I think you literally have to use, like, a Dremel to carve them. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, like, blow out all of the insides? It would take so fucking long. <laughs> yes. But I think, yes, and then you can carve There's it like, like four a- four gallons of mucus in an ostrich egg. <laughs> that's the egg part, you know. You don't have to call it mucus. Yeah, that's it a baby so. ostrich, Matt. <laughs> well, not I that. mean, it's not. 
Uh, I am looking at some carved ostrich eggs, and it is uh, very, very cool and beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man, I want to try this now, but I really don't want to have to drain an ostrich egg. You don't have the space in your life for another complicated arts and crafts hobby, Matt. Yeah. Uh, that's all I do, is half-start new arts and crafts <laughs> hobbies and then get bored and move on. Well, if you bought one online, they would send it to you empty, probably, huh? I can't I can't take the risk with that probably. Yeah. I can't have any more gallons of mucus in my life. <laughs> You're making this so horrible. I have to eat eggs I later because it's Easter and it, I made eggs. It is horrible. <laughs> Do ostrich eggs taste I, good? What's that? Probably not. Ostrich eggs? Oh, yeah. yeah, I wonder. I have only ever had chicken eggs. I had a quail egg once. It didn't taste very different. I wonder if different eggs have different uh, flavor profiles because I don't know. Yeah. Anyone had duck eggs or anything on here? Ostrich eggs? I have had duck eggs. According to this guy online, ostrich eggs taste much more gelatinous than normal eggs. Uh, So, (laughs) very texturally different. So, score one for the mucus theory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot more translucent bits in the scrambled ostrich egg. This is horrible. Uh, This is foul. Get it? Ah! Oh, man. Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, Apparently a little more bland is the main thing, too. Gross. Okay. Uh, okay. How to get rich in farming? Ooh. Um, be a be a factory farm. Oh no! I don't well, advise people to do that. I mean, that's how you do it, though. What if you like raise goats or something, and then you have a really per- prominent uh, Instagram account, and then you become like cool and online trendy for your goat cheese? You could get rich that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or what if you uh, like plant cranberries in your greenhouse so so that they grow mm. all year long and they keep growing forever so you never have to buy seeds again. Yeah, I was I'm glad that you made this joke instead of me cuz I was gonna yeah, They're so then, cheap in the autumn when people want them for Thanksgiving, but when people really want cranberries in July, there's none to be found, and that's yeah, when you exactly. swoop in with your $50 a pound for cranberries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, you got it. Maybe, you it out. I think maybe this question is asking us how to unlock the character Rich in the video game Farming. Can you give him a jar of honey or one of those gifts? One of those other gifts you give to people? No, you enter the Konami code when you're going to buy seeds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dumb. The thing that's that's confusing is that they refer to him as Dick in the game all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, you got Dick in farming. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're very bad at the game. The person who was asking this question tried to enter how to get dick in farming, and then WikiHow said that they weren't allowed to do that because it was too lewd. Yeah, you have to give uh, all the NPC. You have to show the NPC your dog over and over, and there's a glitch that makes the character like you a lot, no matter how many times you show them your dog. <laughs> I think that would work on in on real people in real life. If someone showed me a picture uh-huh. of my dog all the time, I'd be like, Yeah, yeah there's a glitch like in real them. life too. Yeah, that is the most realistic thing about Harvest Moon sixty four is. The so one girl will fall in love with you if you just show her your dog like 40 times in a row. <laughs> Jeff, I know you've been looking at changing your uh, your uh, Tinder profile picture. Yeah, it's just going to be a picture of that dog from Nintendo 64. <laughs> Me holding up Harvest, the Harvest Food 64 dog. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be great. Oh, I like and this. If someone gets that, they will get you, and it's perfect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I like this, uh, this hard mode, how to get rich without winning the lottery. Ooh. You know, I was gonna suggest winning the lottery, but no, you want hard mode, okay. No yeah. percent lottery winnings. 
speed run of life. Get rich. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any any percent no lottery is the the category. I don't know of anyone who's ever yep. gotten rich without winning the lottery? I don't think you can. Um. Well, you could win the familial lottery by just being born rich. Mm, good point. Mm. But that just means that your your dad won the lottery. Uh, or he exploited a lot of people. Jeff, how are you not getting the joke that I'm doing, even after all this time? <laughs> I like it. You go back and back until there's just one person, possibly Dracula, who won the first lottery, and that's how they became rich. Yeah, the Minions yeah. originally won the lottery in the year 3.8 billion BC. <laughs> the Minions are just evolved versions of those ping pong balls that shoot up in the air cannon when you're pulling the, for the lottery. That's why they have those numbers on the backs of their heads. Yeah, yep. that's why they always are yelling banana, because that's the secret the secret code to winning the lottery, is to yell banana. Why they have okay. those barcodes on the back of their heads, and they're always assassinating people. Yeah. Mm. How to get to Richmond. Practice! Drive. Oh, Pretty good. good. Hold Thank on. You. Directions to Richmond. Well, are we talking about which Richmond? Wait, 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 wait. Jeff, what's the next thing you're going to do? Click Google Maps. (laughs) Now that you've typed in in how to get to Richmond, what is the next thing you're going to do on this podcast to advise our listeners who may be anywhere in the world and also can't see the map you're looking at to get to Richmond? Okay, so you're going to get on uh, I-278 West... And z- I live in Germany, Jeff. Where's <laughs> I-278 West? Uh, it's in New Jersey and New York. Um, <laughs> so step one, go to New Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it's Why Richmond? don't you just make step one go to Richmond? <laughs> what if it's Richmond in England and not the one in Virginia? Hmm? What then? Ooh, good question. I typed directions to Richmond and let Google take the wheel. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna take the Gothels Bridge and so, then get on the no, Turnpike and take that Jeff, all the way to Richmond. Jeff, that's the advice you need to give people. Just type Richmond into Google mm-hmm. Maps. Yeah, type directions to Richmond into Google and then click Maps, and you'll get to. Uh, you, that'll teach that. That'll show you how to get to Richmond. Yeah. It's only five and a half hour drive from here. Yeah, you can go from there anywhere in the world. Something. Strangely, yeah, it's like the North Pole. Wherever mm-hmm. direction you go from it, you're heading south. Also, there's a part in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong where Uh-oh. they they have to go all the way to Antarctica to get Godzilla uh, to get King Kong into the center of the Earth for reasons that are poorly explained. Uh-huh. And then Godzilla finds out somehow that King Kong is at the center of the Earth and gets mad, so he breathes lasers down into the center of the Earth from <laughs> Japan. Hong he, like, Kong looks at the ground and blasts the ground with his laser breath <laughs> until it hits King Kong in the center of the Earth. Yeah, it rips. It's awesome. Why Why did you have to go to Antarctica if you could just drill, like, Godzilla just blasted a hole in, like, 30 seconds? Yeah, but only Godzilla has that power. Yeah, King Kong doesn't have... Oh, if only your universe had a fucking mecha Godzilla that could do the exact same fucking thing that Godzilla does! They didn't know about him yet. The guys who planned the expedition were the ones who built Mechagodzilla! Right, but they couldn't make him work until the expedition was done, because they needed to- He blasted a laser through that skull crawler! (laughs) And then immediately turned off, because they needed to copy that energy crystal from Hollow Earth! Oh god. (laughs) I thought maybe they would have to, like, bring back some kind of orb, but no, they just scan it, and he's like, oh, that's how energy works. Now I can make Mechagodzilla go. (laughs) That was the only time in the movie where I was like, alright, that's a stretch. 
Nothing in the movie made sense at all. <laughs> also, we were supposed to be so sad when Alexander Skarsgård sacrifices his life to save King Kong, and all I could think was, thank God he's dead. I forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The only characters I care about in the movie are Godzilla and King Kong. <laughs> yes! I, I saw a tweet that somebody posted that said that there shouldn't have been any humans allowed in Godzilla vs. King Kong. <laughs> and, and I agree with them, surprisingly. It's also very clear that they cut, like, an hour's worth of human plot. Lance Reddick shows up in the background of one scene to say one line. It's like, he was in the opening credits. Like, I saw his name. You definitely cut out a lot of stuff that he was doing in the movie, right? <laughs> Uh, okay. What do you think this means? How to treat Trich? I immediately thought trichinosis. Yeah, I thought, is it it trichinosis and they've uh, shortened it for some weird reason? But I actually have no idea. Uh, Trichomoniasis is also called Trich. I don't know how to treat trichinosis. Trichinosis is a disease. Trichomoniasis, is is that the one where you pull out your hair? It's an STD. No, you're thinking of, um... Uh, I don't remember what it's called, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. No, trichomoniasis, I guess, is an uh, is a parasite that gets into your genitalia from oh, no. having sexual intercourse. So that's horrible. Yeah, every time too. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a sin. That's how the sin gets in. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Oh, I don't want to know about this. Oh no, if you need, if you're going to wiki how to figure out how to treat Trich, go to yep. a doctor, please, for the love of Christ. <laughs> it's yeah. a single. It's a single round of antibiotics. You're going to be fine. And Ugh. the alternative is having a colony of parasites living inside of your uh, favorite parts of your body. Probably. Yeah, I looked at. Uh, I tried to look at the description, and I saw a sexually transmitted infection caused by parasite, and I closed the window. Yeah. <laughs> I do not ever want to hear about parasites. Yeah. Thank you. Yikes. How Thanks to play to rich man, poor man. Is that a game? I thought that was a movie. Is that a song? Uh, Maybe? Oh, it is President, which I think is also known as Asshole, uh, yeah. and Daifugo in Japan. What is this? Uh, it's a card game where you play and the person who wins around it's like the rich get richer <laughs> like when you win around you get to make a new rule and then hmm. or something or like no every every time you win the next round you get to take two cards from the person that lost the previous uh, round so it gets super unbalanced yeah and teaches you stuff fun? like monopoly hmm, okay i keep thinking of fun. um fiddler on the roof mm, i keep thinking yeah. of that if i was a rich man song but that's not it it's a different thing how to sing if i was no it's not here who sings that? Tevya? That's the only character I know. Uh, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty right. sure. That's true. <laughs> she played Tevya <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> How to tell an ostrich from an emu. They don't look very similar, I don't think. Yeah, they don't. Is it taller than you? Then it's an ostrich. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I have like, to look at a side-by-side. <laughs> I guess an uh, an emu looks like a uh, like a very stunted ostrich. Yeah, they have they have um feathers all the way up their necks, and ostriches don't. So that's how you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, an if ostrich looks it, like the cartoon image of an ostrich, and an emu emu is like a shorter brown of that. Now an and emo. What's an emo? <laughs> uh, that's a kid with like floppy hair who's kind of sad in two thousand three. Yeah, and they talk in a super high-pitched voice and make jokes that don't make any yeah. sense. Ostriches are nine... <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, haircut. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> ostriches are nine feet tall and emus are six feet tall. That's how you tell the difference. 
Yeah. If you look at it and you're like, I think a cowboy could ride that, then it's an ostrich. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Uh, and if it is an emu, but a little shorter and blue, it's a cassowary. Yeah, they have those crazy feet, those ones. They can kill you. Cassowaries also How- have, like, triangle heads. Yeah. If, uh, here's what I would do. Look at this bird. Mm-hmm. If you were the penguin, do you think you could use this bird to kill Batman? Mm-hmm. Uh, if yes, mm-hmm. it's probably an ostrich. If no, it's probably an eagle. Why is the penguin using birds besides penguins to kill the Batman? Uh, in the animated series, he uses all kinds of birds. There's one where he uses poisoned hummingbirds to kill Batman. That happens in the Batman animated series. Interesting. <laughs> so his power is just bird powers, then? His power is that he has access to a lot of illegally smuggled animals. Yeah, his his power is the same as Batman's stated power in the movie Justice League. He's rich. Okay. Yeah. He's a poacher. Gotcha. Yeah. Penguin. No, he, I mean, he is literally a smuggler yeah. of like illegal animals into the into the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one of Batman's few villains who is not insane or superpowered. He's just like some rich douchebag who sucks. Yeah. Mm, Just like good. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So he's the one he really needs and not the Joker. Commentary. <laughs> uh, sometimes they are like childhood friends ish because they're both from like old Gotham families. Oh, yeah. They're both yeah. rich. Wait, I thought the whole thing was uh, Penguin's family kicked him out for being deformed as a baby, or is that just for That's the only in Batman Returns. Yeah. Well, that, I don't know. That varies. Sure, okay. Uh, I All think right. in the TV show Gotham, they kick him out for being a, a little bastard, and then- For having a Cockney accent, even though he grew up in <laughs> Gotham, I agree. That's crazy. <sighs> <clears throat> this one I really like <clears throat> because it sounds exactly like a joke that someone would make on social media. <clears throat> How to act like Gloria Pritchett from Modern Families. Modern. <laughs> yes. Modern. Yeah. Modern uh, Family. Like real tweet. <laughs> yes. Uh, I happen to know that Sofia Vergara's character um, uh, in the show Modern Family. Modern Families is not anything. Modern Families sounds like uh, Mad TV sketch about Modern Family, but they're all like the elves and uh, and orcs oh, from. No, you're yeah, right. it's, it's a Mad TV thing, uh, Mad Magazine <laughs> thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, How to act like her? She just acts like a woman on a telenovela, right? That's her whole thing. Yeah. Oh, is she Ed like, O'Neill's uh, young wife? Yeah, Sophia Vergara, yeah. Okay. Do they mean act like her as in, like, I want to be like the character from Modern, from Modern Families? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Or do they mean, uh, I, I feel like Sophia Vergara is a very good actress and I want to learn to act in her, in the style of her? Because both of those are not good things. Yeah, she is a bad actress and. <laughs> That yeah. character is terrible. Also, every character on that show is terrible, and I cannot believe anyone likes that show because it's absolute garbage. Yeah, I, I have not particularly enjoyed it in the past. Nice to see Ed O'Neill getting work, though. I guess. I That whole, like, that whole situation with Ed O'Neill, Sofia Vergara, and that weird uh, incompetent baby. Yeah, that one you hate is... so much. <laughs> I just, he's so bad at acting, it's absolutely insane that he's allowed on television. He's an adult now, right? Or whatever when that show started. He was a pretty good actor for like an eight-year-old. Yeah. Modern family, annoying kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> you could just like you could literally yell out your window. Does anyone want to be on a sitcom with Ed O'Neill? And anyone who applied would be a better actor than that stupid terror. Uh, anyway, uh, um, how to save in rich text format? You uh, got to save as hit, and select dot yeah. RTF. Duh. <laughs> yeah. That's not hard. I don't understand. Either that or you can't. If you're trying to save, like, an audio file as rich text, you can't do it. Yeah. Well, you can. It doesn't do anything, but it will become a .rtf. It just doesn't, like, work. I don't think, I mean, like, I don't think that the interface for Windows Media Player will allow you to export to RTF. Right, I'm saying if you go into the Explorer and rename any file, uh, yeah, change it's the file extension. Exactly. It then, um, like, I remember this in the olden times when there were, like, limits on types of, uh, files that you could transfer on different services. One of the ways to get around it was to, like, rename an mp3 to dot .text, and then when you mm. transferred it, you would rename it back to dot .mp3, and it would still be fine. I do that for work sometimes, because our, our, like, email security is like, you can't send a APK file, and it's like, well, I need to install this on an Android device, yeah. so you tell me how to do it. Uh, does it let you send zips? I think that's the solution now, is pretty much everything lets you send a zip. Sometimes, but if the, if it, sometimes they block stuff, and then I'll just change it to .txt, <laughs> and then it goes just fine. Uh, computers are so stupid and easy to trick. <laughs> Yep. That's why Cyborg is not a good hero, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. No, he, he is the ultimate at tricking computers. Yeah. He's, he's the greatest trickster okay. of all. He's like I mean, a. He's the Joker of <laughs> He's a daywalker. Like, he knows how those computers think, but he's still got part of a human brain. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. As part of that stupid montage, he's like following this woman around and gives her a hundred thousand dollars out of the atm and makes the atm display like hey you got a loyal customer prize of a hundred thousand dollars god it's so weird i love the the idea that the literally the only way that that story could finish is the bank arresting her for stealing money from the atm but cyborg just walked away before that part happened (laughs) Oh, Christ. Dumb movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How to get rich like Oprah Winfrey. I guess be, like, really, really charming and know a lot of famous people. How did she get rich? That's a great question. By having a talk show. What is Oprah's deal? What, how did she roll that into actual riches, though? Because, like, she had the talk show, Did was the next step the magazine? I'm not even sure. I think she had the talk show, and then, like, because she had so much influence over the buying habits of women, like, companies started paying her a lot of money to endorse their stuff. Hmm, maybe that's it. Yeah, I wonder. Which seems pretty bad, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she's an elected official, so I guess whatever, but, like, if people, if Oprah Winfrey got insanely rich by like corruptly selling her endorsement even for products she didn't believe in that's not great you remember the time she said on her show that she didn't know if eating beef was healthy for you and she didn't think (laughs) she was gonna eat beef anymore and the fucking beef council sued her for defamation (laughs) Uh, yeah that's awesome (laughs) it's it's it seems almost arbitrary that she became very culturally powerful like, I'm looking, she was born into poverty, she had, like, a very hard upbringing. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm wondering, like, it's impossible to tell what went right in the right ways for her to get rich, but what were the steps, even? I mean, even even ignoring that it was very hard for her to get on TV. Once she was on TV, what were the steps after that? I don't yeah, know. I don't Did know. she write a book? Like, what made her, what made her, um, respected and, uh 
influential rather than just another talk show host. That's what I don't know. Huh. Was she one of the people who had a radio show before she had a talk show? Maybe. Uh, I'm no. I'm getting there now, but first I this is a bombshell that I didn't know. Uh her her mother named her Orpa and people just kept mispronouncing it so she changed it to Oprah. Yes, I did know about that cuz Orpa's a biblical name, I think. Yeah. It is uh it's someone from the Book Oprah's of Ruth. <laughs> Hmm. Oprah's a much better name, though. Yeah, I, I think that, like, no one else is named that, and that's, like, good. That is good branding. <laughs> yeah, she she was the- she discovered SEO. That's how she got rich. <laughs> yeah. She's the person who discovered the concept of SEO. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yes, she did have she did have a morning talk radio show in Chicago. So I guess she just worked her way up from the bottom with her her charm and grit. And now she here. Yep. Uh, yeah, get rich or die trying, like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely think I don't know. I don't know. Oprah seems fine. I don't have feelings about Oprah one way or the other. But I kind I hope that she is the kind of person who acknowledges the truth of the fact that someone was going to get rich. Uh, as, like, suburban housewives got more involved in media and, like, buying power and stuff in the, like, 80s, somebody was going to get rich off of that new market, and also people of color being more represented in the media, and, like, by luck and happenstance, Oprah was that person. Probably. Like, <laughs> I guess. She coming... was uniquely representative of that group. Well, coming from a poor background and being black and being a woman, I think it's fair for her to say, like, I did this. Yeah. She did. Yeah, I'm not saying, that, I mean, she certainly did work to get there, but also, like, I'm sure there were a hundred other women in similar positions, and she was just the lucky person that managed to skyrocket to top. Yeah, I think what Matt's getting at is how to get rich like Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey is not something we could write a WikiHow article on, because yeah, it's exactly. it's do what she does, and then roll 1,000 dice and hope all of them land on 20. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, these are nerd dice, is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, that's why it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're actually normal six-sided dice. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's how it is with with anybody. Like, if you want to become an actor, even if you're, like, from a dynasty of actors, it's still hard and you have to get lucky. Yeah. Mm, that's true, but if you're from a dynasty of actors, you can get roles in movies without acting very well. Exactly. You can kind of coast if you're a Barrymore. Ah, damn it! <laughs> Actually, I think Drew Barrymore is a fine actress. Yeah, she's yeah, fine. She probably would not have made it as an actress if she was not a Barrymore, though. I think that's, that's fair true. to admit. Like, she yeah. might not have even pursued that career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you research Richard M. Nixon, though? Google. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, what's wild is... There's another one on here that says, find information on professional MMA fighter Rich Franklin. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're already typing the name into your computer, just yeah. do it into Google instead of Wikipedia. Yeah, this, obviously. this dude has a Wikipedia article. Read that. Yeah, yeah, it is very weird. When people, like, are looking up stuff about research, that's always strange. Yes. You're already researching. You're doing it already. Just do it. How to prevent trichinosis. Now we're in our wheelhouse. Cook that pork. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, make sure you don't leave it in the danger zone, which is between 40 degrees and 120 degrees for more than two hours, I believe. Yeah. You have to not- Also, don't listen to the danger zone by, um- Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins, thank yep. you, while you're preparing pork. Yeah, don't cook it on the highway to the danger zone. That would be very <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> right you on your end. cooking block. anything on the highway. <laughs> what if your car breaks down in the desert? You have to cook your pork on that engine block, though. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah. All right, you got me there. <laughs> Wait, if you're in the desert, just cook it on a rock. Don't cook it on your engine block. That's crazy. Mm, I guess so. I guess it, it gets tastes hot like enough motor to cook oil. in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, How are you going to clean off that engine block to get it clean enough to cook on? Yeah. Because what you don't want is to eat a lot of motor oil when you're out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> That's going to go bad for you, I think. Mm, no, you might have raw pork, but no, salt or pepper. You might need something to take the uh, taste to a different level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the, these three entirely unrelated ones that I'm gonna just fire off in a row. How to apply for a PC Richard and Sons credit card. How to do the Marich Yasana pose in yoga. Uh, and, and how to enjoy an outdoor concert at Ulbrich Botanical Gardens. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I like that there's how to do the Marichyasana pose in yoga, and how to do the Marichyasana 3 pose in yoga. Yeah. Oh, it's so advanced. You can't but do the third until you start with the first. No one wants there's to do not, two. Yeah, no one wants to do two. What's up with that? Is that one just super easy? No, it sucks. It's a bad one. <laughs> Jeff would know. <laughs> yeah, you have to pull. You have to pull one of your arms out of its socket. It sucks. <laughs> and put it into the other socket. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like an action figure or a Frankenstein. Yeah, you got two arms on the same side now. This one about applying for a credit card makes me mad in the way that I've talked about before, which is if you're looking for advice not on how to do something general, like boil an egg, but on how to do something with a specific company's product, fucking go to that company's website and you are done. How do you apply for this credit card? Go to PC Richard and Sons. I'm sure they have a website, and just fucking do it there. Yeah, call them and be like, can I apply for a credit card? And then they'll tell you how. Yeah. Yeah, although I will say that sometimes you're on a website and you're like, okay, but all I want to know about Bank of America is how do I transfer my money? And there's not a link anywhere on the yeah. site. And you're like, what the fuck? How do you not have a transfer link? And then you have to Google it. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, you have to put it into the search bar, and then you have to click a drop down, and you have that to enter suck. in, like, like. so sometimes they make it intentionally difficult to do stuff. I'm sure applying for a credit card is not one of the things that they want to make it harder for you to do. Yes, exactly. Like, I get real frustrated with how many websites uh, want you to sign up for the website, but then once you're already signed up, it doesn't let you know where to sign in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are killing me! I already did the thing you wanted to do. Let me look at my stuff. So many sites you have to click create a new account and then there's a tiny link at the bottom that says already a member log in yeah every time i have to click on create a new account you fucks yeah it's bad how to call zurich um i found the number for zurich insurance group you probably have to hit zero and then some kind of international dialing code oh yeah the switzerland dialing code is 41 Okay. Uh, oh, first you have to dial 011, the U.S. exit code, then 41, the country code for <laughs> Switzerland, then the two-digit... It's 041, isn't it? Uh, it, it just says 41 here on vonageforhome.com <laughs> oh. international calling blog. I thought they were all, all had to be three digits, but maybe I'm thinking of something. The else. U.S. is just one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I once you I get guess. all those numbers correct, you can just type in whatever numbers, and you know that you're reaching someone in Zurich. Yeah. Uh, or well, you could certainly in Switzerland, and yes. then you could be like, "Hey, can you forward me?" This? <laughs> yeah, what's the area code for Zurich? Is this a switchboard for Switzerland? <laughs> can you please yeah. get me to Zurich? The Swiss board. Oh yeah, it's made of chocolate. Uh, you could also call Z- and cheese. You could. <laughs> you could call one eight hundred. Got a lot of holes in it. <laughs> ah, damn it. Yeah, 
Yeah, fucking Swiss. <sighs> wow, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> you dial one eight hundred three eight two two one five zero. That's the number for Zurich Insurance Group customer service. Okay. Sounds good. Is that it? Did we teach everyone everything? Do we want to cover these vegetable ones at the bottom? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we should wrap up with like how, how to choose fiber-rich vegetables. Well, the other two are vitamin-rich red vegetables and vitamin-rich blue or purple vegetables. Um, If you find vegetables that are those colors, they automatically have the vitamins you're looking for, I think, right? Like, I don't quite understand the question. If you're going to eat blueberries, they're going to have the vitamins that you find in blue fruits. So, congratulations, maybe you've already done mean, it. Maybe this is a person that's making some kind of, like, American flag-themed cake. Mm. But it needs to be vitamin-rich. Yes. Okay. So they know the colors they need to make it look right, but they don't know what vegetables to put into this cake. <laughs> uh, cabbage. Yeah. You can cook cabbage with vinegar and it'll be red. You can cook red cabbage with uh, baking soda and it'll be blue. You are all set. Mm. We solved yep. it. That a lot of fiber in cabbage as well. So there we go. The perfect trifecta. I'm not a big fan of this person specifically looking for blue, uh, blue food why it it just weirds me out we all enjoy a blue food yeah what if you were what if this person is like making food on the set of a movie about aliens and they only eat Mm -hmm. yeah okay that would be fine Ah, that's a relief (laughs) it's just bantha milk okay (laughs) yeah exactly (sighs) like you know the people working on that movie went to WikiHow and typed in how to make blue milk (laughs) yeah in 1976 um what (laughs) It, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, I have actually, um, what is it? It's some kind of blue flour powder that you that oh, is yeah. a, a food dye. You add it to food to make it turn blue. It seems like a lot of work for not a lot of result. I remember you tried this recipe and it didn't turn particularly blue, but you can just buy blue food color. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If your vegetables aren't particularly rich red or rich blue, add some food coloring. There we go. There you go. Mm. Just make mashed potatoes and then mm. and rice and then put food coloring on them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Get a nutri- nutrient-rich food some, coloring. Yeah. Rice has some nutrients in it. Yeah. Lots of people. Probably. It's like a staple food, probably. <laughs> we solved it. We <laughs> solved it. <food. laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Um, so yeah. Oh, or you could join our Discord by sending us a message. Um, don't, don't contact me. Yeah. Okay, well, you can contact me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Just talk to Louisa if you want to get in the Discord. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I swear to God, if you talk to me, I'm going (laughs) to... I'm gonna flip entirely out. Mm-hmm. Like a Godzilla punching a King Kong. Yeah. I'm gonna detect you with my with my Alpha Titan uh detector like Godzilla does to King Kong. I feel like in this podcast, Jeff, you're like the King Kong. Yep, fact. Louisa, I think you're like the Godzilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> Sacrificing yourself so that we may live, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I was gonna say, Matt, you're like Godzilla. I'm like King Kong, and Louisa is like Vera Farmiga from the previous one, who's obsessed with making King Kong the king of all the monsters. Uh huh. <laughs> In what way does this make sense? Uh, because I think that you're pretty into kaiju's. <laughs> and she's on your side, I guess, in in the fight between you and me. No, you're Godzilla. Yeah, you said. She- oh, oh. Yeah, she wants Godzilla. Godzilla is a king, but King Kong. 
is already the king? Wait. Yeah. She, okay. uh, in that movie says long live the king as she, like, explodes King Ghidorah or whatever. <laughs> hmm. right. Oh, man. I, I, when, when I found out that Ghidorah was a plot point in this movie as well, I was like, this, you guys have to be fucking kidding. King Ghidorah is the absolutely coolest part of that previous movie that is, like, mostly boring, but the monster fights are cool. <laughs> we can't keep doing this, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exhausted. It, no, that's my new sign-off for Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Eat your donuts! Bye.